The year is 1987. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello, and welcome to My Marvelous Year, Variant B from 1987. My Marvelous Year is the podcast where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We just finished up the publication year of 1987. We are launching into 1988 here shortly. And in the meantime, we are going to answer some listener questions from all of you wonderful Mm -hmm. listeners. I'm Dave, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I am joined today by a very long-haired guest and proud of it. Thank one you. of the long one of the mm. proudest long-haired guests we've had. Uh it is okay. Zachine. How's it going? Thanks. I'm very tired of this long hair. If I was really terrified of the rising covid cases in my region, I think you know what? Like I want to get a haircut. I've wanted one for so long. Mm-hmm. But this this haircut requires no maintenance, right? Like I haven't gotten a haircut in a year maybe. If I could grow my hair if, that if long, I don't like yeah. you're at the point of like never cut it again length, you know, because oh, no. like I, you're like down to your like, if... like ankles and I'd, I'd be worried I could never get I'm, there again. I'm I'm almost to the nips, almost to the nips. When how often um, do you how often do you not wear a shirt and just cover your nips with your hair? Ooh, like the like uh, Mask of Zorro with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Is that, mm. is that a thing? Not... That's, that sounds like a memory. Yeah. Yep. I, oh, I, I actually haven't seen that movie, but that trailer left an imprint on me. He, like, goes with the sword, cuts uh-huh. her clothes off. Still got... Oh, that's actually pretty bad. Shouldn't cut women's clothes off. I mean, Never it's I it's definitely back. rude, right? It was it was a different mm-hmm. time, as they'll say. Um, trailer porn. Uh, not something we talk about enough, <laughs> I'd argue. Trailer porn? On, Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like, those, those porny moments from trailers that we all just mm-hmm. carry around with us throughout our lives i have none but you have one so so we have one so far documented that's true i guess that's true yeah i i, I want to get it cut but it's like if i do then it's a haircut that needs to be cut every like 45 days my short hair right now now then it's so a like, normal you know right gentleman's haircut at that point <laughs> excuse me uh one gentleman's haircut, please. I'll take a gentleman's, please. A <laughs> little, little bit on the top. I have the gentle marine's haircut is my cut of choice at this point in my life. <laughs> the gentle marine. Too gentle to be a marine. Uh, you know, do like way too soft and doughy. But uh, mm. but I do like the buzz. I like the buzz. Yeah, I, uh, I can't do that. Anyway, we're talking about our hair way too much. Um, let's get into... Ooh, before we get started, I want to say... Um, Patreon.com, obviously, for support. It's much appreciated. Slack community is super fun. Um, get access to the spreadsheet. All those cool things. Put comics on the list itself. Great uh, backer support or um, benefit. But uh, I also want to call out uh, leaving a review on iTunes is very, very um, appreciated. And we've got a couple of good new reviews here. 
So let me just uh, pull this up. Rugby Skin 8765 says, MMY, great overview of comics history. Started listening due to a guest host who I listened to and stayed for the quality hot takes. Ooh, I wish they told us who. I'd be curious. Um, <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome, actually. Yeah, somebody came for yeah. one of our, our excellent My Marvelous Year guests to hear us talk Marvel mm-hmm. comics yeah. and now listen to the podcast enough to leave a review. Thank you so much. Yep. And then Marks and Jesus <laughs> leaves this review titled A Scholar and a Fool, but I won't tell you which one is which. Just kidding. This is a solid podcast featuring entertaining analysis of history of Marvel Comics. Everyone loves our big daddies. Thank you, Marks and Jesus. <laughs> very, very excellent reviews. Thank you so much. Again, if you can check out My Marvel this year on iTunes to do that, it is greatly appreciated. Um, and the other way you can support the show is just by listening regularly, or if you want to support us uh, and get some benefits, you can go over to patreon.com slash this year, as you said. But let's get into the questions, okay? Let's do it, and let's talk all of our fabulous listener questions. Now, I will say, if you submit questions, you can do so via year at gmail.com, or the majority that we'll be taking today are via patrons who are supporting uh, the podcast and are in the exclusive Slack community, the best Slack community this side of the Mississippi, they've been saying. I have been hearing many people say it is the best comic Slack community this side of the Mississippi. I can't speak for the West Coast, but it's definitely the best here on our East Coast bias. And Well, you're East Coast biased. I have a, a Midwest bias. Um, mm-hmm. But let's answer some of those questions. All right? Sound good? Sure. Yep. First question. Let's go for it. From Cyborg Peter, a.k.a. the Colossal Chickman. Peter, one of our faves. Thank you for your contributions to the variant covers. He asks, All the biggest A-list heroes are away dealing with some faraway cosmic threat. In their absence, an A-level threat endangers Earth while it is presumed undefended. Now a group of quote-unquote lesser heroes must band together to stand up to this menace and prove that even without its most famous heroes, Earth will always be saved from evil. Who ya got? Your A-team of B-heroes who deserve their chance to shine. Zach, give me one pick for your A-team of B-heroes. Oh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage for sure. Ooh, is Luke... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he's B-tier. Yeah. I I mean, mean, technically, yeah. I mean, B-tier If you've had a a TV show or a movie, though, at this point... Yeah, but, like... Hellstrom, Lucifer, what is it? Lucifer Hellstrom has a TV show at this point. Lucifer (laughs) Hellstrom. That is a fun combo. Uh, First off, Lucifer Hellstrom Hellstrom crossover would make a lot of sense. Actually, hold on just a second. I'm going to try to fix this. Mm, I don't know if I can. I was about to go into Lucifer Hellstrom crossovers. Hold hold that thought. It's very choppy, and I think I can fix it. Uh, Give me. Let me me jump us back in seamlessly to where we were talking about. Do you know that the show called Lucifer Hellstrom Days? It's <laughs> very popular. Everyone knows what it's called. You sold that seamless transition, and I blew it. My apologies. Uh, Lucifer Hellstrom, very funny joke. Uh, it, Lucifer is one show based on uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Sam Man's spinoff, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. I I relatively enjoyed the first season. I just haven't been back to it. And then Hellstrom is <clears throat> a more recent. I, I guess technically based on the Marvel character, the son of Satan, uh, show that launched on Hulu. I watched the first episode, and uh, I won't be going back. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> yeah, fine, I, but uh, but I'm good. I, I've had enough. I read a lot of, why does this show exist? Anyway, how did we get on to this? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Luke Cage. Luke Cage Luke, oh, you were saying Luke Cage is B-tier, and I, while I agree and understand, it's also a little weird when he's already had a TV show, you know? Yeah. Like, dude's yeah, had a, so. dudes had I mean, a the, Netflix special, and then some. Yeah, that's true. 
But, I mean, Jessica Jones is still pretty B-tier. Uh, Iron Fist is kind of B-tier. They yeah. all have the same I mean, TV I guess shows, really everyone right. in that Netflix lineup except for Daredevil. Yeah, Hawk and Dove have a Marvel TV show. You know? Well, that's like, I don't think Hulu. that means as much. Uh, that's different. Well, I, I'm t- Whatever, whatever. It's, it's semantics to a degree. Yeah. I will just say mine are all actual lower than B-tier picks, and yours so yeah. far are not. So I just want to say one of us is playing by the rules, and one of us is um, a Luke Cage cheater. <laughs> right I, yeah yeah that's fine i i just uh, i like that guy i think he hasn't had a chance to shine necessarily i think he'd fit good into a team thing i mean you know the, the pairing of him and iron fist is super fun um so i i like that oh hawk and dove is something else cloak and dagger is what i meant to say hawk and dove is uh dc you know the sad part is that didn't even connect in my head because hawk and sure. dove also show up in the Titans DC TV show. Yeah, I've seen them there. Yeah, yeah. And while they are not interchangeable, <laughs> there are some obvious major differences. Uh, you know, Cloak mm-hmm. and Dagger season one was okay. I, I, I feel yeah. like that was actually kind of kind of good at doing its thing. Um, mm. Maybe just not for me. But anyway, all right. My picks here are, yeah. because we're doing a whole sure. lot of digression. You know what, though? This is, this is a day of digression, Zach. This is a day of us just doing our thing, getting our variant on with our live stream friends, and uh, and talking comics, so you know what? I'm not going to be as tight, and I'm not going to keep us on track as much as those this normal. This is going to be an eight-hour episode. <laughs> this is going to be so, so long. Eight, well, eight and, hours. and yep. can I can I just talk about this? Because so my plan for the day truly is to consume as little media as possible. It's it's election day for people listening to this on uh, release date. Of is the that audio. is that right? That's today because yeah. I've I haven't I've consumed so little media. <laughs> that I lost track. Oh, that, really? Oh, could totally snuck up on me. Today. You're saying it's today. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really comes fast. <clears throat> um, yeah. So that's so the plan today is just to lean into our uh, election day distraction special where we uh, we're going to, you know, do our thing talking about comics. So I'm getting loose. I'm getting real loose. I see you're you're popping drink drugs already. Right. Oh, I got the mango mango white claw, which I've heard people don't like, but I'm I'm a fan of. I've heard there's no laws with the claw. Is the main thing I've heard. How do, oh, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? I, I have none. I, it's seltzer. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's very low alcohol content seltzer. You're an animal. All right. So let's talk um, my picks here for the, the A-team of B-heroes. My picks mm, are Nightcrawler please. is the team mm-hmm. leader. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Abigail Brand, director of S.W.O.R.D., is on the team. Okay. I've got more. Volstag. Volstag. Oh, that's a good one. Like, yeah. how is there not a Volstag solo series? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we not have sure. a good 12 issue Volstag? Now, this could go two directions. It could be Chip Zdarsky writing, and it's funny and heartfelt and great. Or you could go with the probably bad idea, which is Tom King visioning Volstag and taking <laughs> oh, it <laughs> dead serious. <laughs> Guy and just like him staring ruefully or ruefully, woefully at like photographs of like children he accidentally like sat on oh, <laughs> and no. crushed. Oh no, yeah. the secret history of Volstagg's right. yeah, exactly. lost children. No, no probably. Thank you. I, I always thought you were going to say, uh, you know, go the direction of like a Deadpool comic because that's what I that, that is what would pop in my mind if you were like, yeah, Volstagg four issue mini. I would think it would be like something kind of dumb and doofy in a Deadpool way. Well, I mean the characters that yeah. the characters that work in that Deadpool way are Gwynpool. Um mm-hmm. 
Peter Porker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lockjaw, potentially. <gasps> I haven't read that Lockjaw mini. Yeah. Yeah, I think that works. Um, not a lot of others. Modoc, I think, could. You know, uh, but it, you I'm know saying what, Tom, if you do Tom, straight, straight comedy. To give Tom King some credit, Tom King's lost a, a lot of credit the last uh, to, to year give him or so. some credit. He can write a funny comic. There's that Elmer Fudd Batman crossover. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is absolutely hilarious. That is like one of the best comedy comics I've read in a long time, especially it's, like inside the like Marvel universe. Yeah, with um, oh shoot, blanking on the artist, but the Lee Weeks, uh, amazing art. It's it's a great, great comic. That so that was in. Critical acclaim, Tom King. Period. This is mm-hmm. something I've been thinking yeah. about lately. Where, what is the what is the maximum shelf life that a creator can have in this era of being beloved and critically acclaimed? What is the maximum shelf life? Because we've seen it recently with Tom King, from sixteen to probably through two thousand eighteen, through the conclusion of Mister Miracle, basically. Mm-hmm. Critically Vision, Mr. Miracle. Vision, the beginning of Batman. Sheriff of Babylon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mr. Miracle, and then the beginning of Batman, which is the beginning of the end, really, right? That runs complicated. Some people hate it, like absolutely hate it. I think it's fine. It's it's not amazing, but there are good moments. Um, But you've seen, like, okay, that's a three, two and a half, three year, maybe, grace Mm -hmm. period. And now, like, regardless of the quality of the work, which has slipped, there are big misses. Heroes in Crisis is a huge mess. the stuff he's doing now in Strange Adventures is okay, but there's a, there's also like a mega backlash, um, intriguingly from like like very conservative readers and very left leftist readers. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever those oppositions should be labeled. Okay, like it, you see it from from all directions. Um, Donny Cates, similar thing, came in hot, mm-hmm. came in smoking well, that, that hot. That happened with me just just reading his Venom, you know, like that Venom it, series just took off and was so incredible. For a while, and then it was like, oh, okay, it's uh, oh, it dropped. Going, huh? It dropped after Absolute yeah. Carnage, absolutely. But like, he comes in yeah. hot with Thanos wins, huge hit, Venom smash, um, and now, now I feel like I feel like we're already in backlash season, right? This I is feel something like we're I don't well think past I, backlash season. I, I thought about too much before we interviewed Anna Senti, which that episode's coming out in a few weeks. Um, of just her talking about like, yeah, I had Daredevil. I wrote him for about three years, and then I ran out of ideas, right? And, like, I probably... Sh- I think she even says, like, I maybe should have quit, like, a little earlier than I did. Like, I ran out of ideas before I stopped writing it. That was an interesting like, mission, yeah. Yeah, that's, like... That's a that's a really interesting idea. I don't think about that too often of just, like... Especially when it's not your baby, right? When it's something that is, like... You're not creating from the ground up, and so you can't, like, really take it in any direction when you're working in the framework of a superhero comic these perpetual comics mm. that having a, a hero that you come on to and you're just like yeah i've got like 25 stories in me right i have 25 issues and then like yeah, that, that's all i got for this like that's all the freshness i feel like i can bring to this without just you know repeating myself or becoming derivative of the past whatever um yeah i think that's interesting and also maybe something to do with tom king right like when he started in on uh like long-running superhero comics in the traditional mode versus these small 12-issue, he can kind of do whatever he wants with Vision or Mr. Miracle or the Sheriff of Babylon, right? So I, I mean, maybe I he wonder, just needs to get back in that space because I think Strange Adventures is excellent. I'm really digging that. Strange Adventures um, is, might is not... quite interesting, and I think when it's all done, yeah. it's not going to be Mr. Miracle level, but I'm probably going to look back yeah. and be like, hey, that's 12 issues that packages really tightly. Oh, I forgot to mention Rorschach yeah. in there too, which is obviously I have, I have not controversial that, for yeah. a number of reasons. Um, sure. yeah. But yeah, so it, what you're talking about, though, is like 
is running out of ideas on a long run. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like with King and Cates, and probably there are others that belong in this conversation that just aren't coming to mind right away. Um, it's more like they ran out ideas out of ideas because they burned through them on miniseries so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like they spread sure. them out across too many minis, you know, or not too many, but like well, the right amount. Like they spread them out across four yeah. or five mm-hmm. excellent works, and then they got to number six and got huge mm-hmm. too. And then number yeah. six was the one that actually goes for longer. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like I, I don't know. It's just it feels like a, a band's thing too, where it's like you have your whole life to work on your first album. And then mm-hmm. your sophomore album is like, oh, it feels like a retread. Well, no wonder, right? Like it's Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess it depends on if you're somebody who is like interested in kind of focusing on the same thematic things, right? Like if you're just focusing on PTSD and the the horrors of having been through war and well, that's, being part that's of, King's like, problem now for sure, right? It's just right, like he's right, right. hitting the same note. Um, or at least it feels sure, that way. right. But then versus like Claremont, who we might feel is running out of somewhat somewhat out of ideas but like you don't feel like claremont has an as many real life uh like thematic preoccupations that he just like keeps wanting to hit on you just feel like he has storytelling things that he is like interested in right like who's this he kind of he's sorry go on no who, who are you talking about right now i missed it Cla- oh claremont okay claremont. like i feel like claremont is uh you know he seems like more like what's a great idea to expand the x-men universe he's not saying like what I am interested in is hitting the mutant discrimination angle as an analog for, you know, uh, racial minorities, civil rights. And, like, this is what I'm just going to be talking about. And then it's, like, two years into the run. He's like, I think I've talked about it at all the angles that I have. Right. And then, you know, it just runs out of steam because he doesn't have anything new to say about that. Claremont's kind of just working more in, like, storytelling, lore-building, fun action comics, which is fine. You know, that's that's not a critique of that. Um, so I think, you know, that, that might be kind of a distinction of whether or not you are someone who's trying to bring the, who, who's obsessed with those ideas. You know, you feel like these are important things to Tom King, right? Like, and I think that's what make, elevates them. Um, but it also means that if, you know, you don't have more on your mind that you want to express to your comics. And to be fair, I haven't read the whole Batman run, so I can't, I can't speak to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's an interesting point. I do think too, though, just like comparing the eras and obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of very obvious reasons for this just the speed of culture and technology and all these things that are getting amplified that we talk about in all other areas of media and just life as well but like Mm. the the lifespan of the backlash engine (laughs) as it pertains to coverage and social media perception uh seems to be getting shorter i guess it feels to me like like the leash on who's the hot but that said that said part of that could just be me getting in my own head about things i'm reading from like voices i'm curious about on social Mm -hmm. as opposed to the actual production and sales part of the puzzle which is like tom king and johnny cates are still great for their respective publishers you know yeah like donna cates venom does extremely well uh extremely extremely well it's one of the best selling yeah i I wonder how much this conversation matters outside of the big two right like if you're someone who doesn't work in the big two in comics do you still have these like those same kind of careers Right. Do you still get like tired work? Because in when you're working with indie creator stuff, I feel like you have a little bit more freedom to like only write a comic when you have something that lights your fire. Yeah, right? that... like when that passion hits you, and you can just take you take some time off, and you find something. You know, especially if you've had some success, you can like 
kind of, you know, you're not, you don't have to constantly be producing, right? I think that's what, like, Nesenti does now, right? I think she does other things, and then when she has a comic that, like, she feels like she needs to get out there, she puts it out, it's four or five issues, and she does it, and then, you know, maybe it's four or five years before she puts another comic out. Right, right, which is a luxury as a creator, right? It's, oh, it's yeah. the radio oh, thing of course. where it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we can put on right, you... whenever we want, and it can be free because we're yes. big. Um, yeah. And yes, I'm making a direct equivalency between Anna Senti and Radiohead. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go there. We interviewed her. She can be a Radiohead. Um, so I will say the point that I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I do think, though, that like if you look at maybe the creators who don't have this problem as much right now, like Jeff Lemire doesn't seem to have mm-hmm. any major like backlash necessarily. Um, no, no. extreme production, like constant production. Like no, nobody mm-hmm. produces like Jeff Lemire. Uh, he has stepped away from big two comics in, in yeah. many ways over the last few years. I think that helps a lot. Um, Charlotte yeah. in the Slack here or in the comments just mentioned Hickman, uh, Jonathan Hickman, who has a similar thing, stepped away from Marvel for like three years. You feel like when he comes back to Marvel, it's because he has something to say, <laughs> you know, he's like, Hey, I want to do this to X-Men and I have the chops to do it. And, you know, he's probably going to stop doing X-Men in a year or two or whatever. I don't know. And then just focus on his, like, very esoteric, really niche, weird comics that come out, like, a series that comes out three times a month and is 60 pages and it's just charts and it's, like, you know, <laughs> it, it's specific. Yeah. I, I've been, I've just bought a couple issues of, um, the oh, core. God, what's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, I, I haven't looked at it yet, but just flipping through it, it's just, like... All right, well, I'm I'm excited to read this, but it's it's going to be a lot, right? Decorum's like, weird. Such... Decorum's weird, and it's super it's super him, right? Like you know, yeah, like exactly. okay, I bought a yeah. comic by this creator. This is very much a comic by this creator, and it's strange. And and that was what I was signing up for. Um, who who would you say? Who are like the top three creators in comics uh, that you think of from your perspective? You know, I'm I'm a little more mired in the weeds. Like period or now? Right now, right now, like the the biggest names in comics. Right um. Now. Oh, biggest or my faves? Like, uh, how about both? Have you got um, I mean, James Tinney in the fourth is like my absolute favorite writer right now, and he's up he's there. He's just putting out. He's just putting out. I mean, I'm not even reading his Batman work. Like, he's the writer of Detective Com or Batman right now. He's writing Batman. Yeah, he's straight up Batman. Um, and he's actually said like, when he's done Batman, he's kind of done with superheroes, and he's just going to focus on his own um, creator own stuff. But Wind is probably my favorite ongoing series right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Something is Killing the Children. I really like Department of Truth has started out excellently. So he's got like three very good comics going right now, mm-hmm. all indie. Um, who else? I don't know. I don't know if there's any one other... Cre- like there's other single series I like, but I wouldn't... N- there's no one else that I'm reading multiple series of and adoring, right? Like, yeah, I think that's the only person who I'd say is like a big creator at the moment that I'm i'm reading yeah yeah no that's a good pick i would say the other one probably is al ewing he's probably the other biggest name who we haven't mentioned who i think is pretty it got a pretty good approval rating you know Mm -hmm. immortal hulk is absolutely beloved um we only find them with their dad is off to a really good start oh that's uh, right i i forgot about that yeah all right i guess i'm reading two issues by him because i'm reading both of those comics month by month and both are very good yeah, yeah, and uh, I would yeah. say Guardians is mixed, but okay, people do love it. I don't love it yet, but I kind of hope I might. Um, yeah, it's interesting. No, it's it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. I just feel like that that lifespan is shortening, although maybe it's specific to King and Kate's here as examples of like, well, you kind of had your notes, and you burned fast <laughs> through them, and here we are. Sure. Okay, so that was a tangent. That definitely was not Dave's uh, or Peter's question. Thank you, Peter, for the question. 
Let's so yeah, Volstag. <laughs> so Volstag would be cool. And then I, yeah. I don't think I even mentioned who my other one would be, but uh, Power Princess of the Squadron Supreme. I think there could be a lot more done with. And uh, Stiltman is my fifth, uh, which actually transitions oh. us. Oh, like a hero turn. Yeah, why not, right? Like put him on a weird goofball hero team. I think that'd be awesome, which takes us to that, our next question. Is... No, sorry. I was just That's a trope I love. It's actually like almost the, always uh, works villos. for me. Yeah. Villo- villains turning heroes. Like villos, you said absolute, it. yeah, villos, villos and he, he, villos and hillens, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, is uh in James Tinney and the Fourth's Detective Comics, Clayface becoming mm. part of the Batman crew, mm-hmm. love it. One of like it, that's like the thing I first think of when I think of that run, and that run has a ton of great aspects, but I adore that part of that run. It's such a it's such an interesting decision. Absolutely. So, what's your um, yeah, ideal right, so Marvel Cinematic Universe? Stiltman mm-hmm. casting. This is a question from Charlotte. Keeping in mind that you have to beat the official Slack choice, which is Adam Driver, which oddly enough I've seen mentioned. Um, I don't remember where, but I feel like I saw somebody else. Maybe I saw it in the Slack. Uh, Zach, unless Adam Driver was your pick in the Slack, who you got? No, no, no. Um, it that would, would be for, can we just talk like... about that pick? I guess first, then that's a bonkers yeah, choice. Sure. Like that is yeah, that like an A-lister yeah. like Driver coming off of this incredible award-winning star wars run (laughs) terrible pick i mean even even if you know you love stilt man like he's way too like handsome and masculine and like i i don't know that that kind i mean unless they really just like put a lot of like made made, give him big shadows under his eyes and made him look very you know did the joaquin phoenix joker thing to him basically to make him look so really your, like... So your vision of Wilbur Day, Stiltman, is... Um, neurotic. I guess he is, is less neurotic. neurotic Adam, Driver, <laughs> Adam Driver is, like, kind of a very aggressive, masculine neuro- neurotic. Like, Adam Driver in Girls. Sure. Or uh, any, like, Noah Baumbach movie. Right? So, like, that that's what I think of. Um, so, I, I mean, I would lean into the neuroses, like, Paul Giamatti... I think is a pretty good stilt man. Already Fred Rhino. Melamed. Already the world's weirdest yeah, well, Rhino casting insane. of all time. Is that's there a, crazy. I think Stiltman's actually a pretty good pick. Actually, that's a really good pick. I, it, my wife and I just watched the uh, the John Adams <laughs> HBO series, mm-hmm. which yeah. well, that took us a while to get through. But uh, he would be a fantastic choice for Stiltman. He would be the worst choice and was for the Rhino what an insane uh, misdirection yeah, who, that wound up Who being. do we all think of as, like, the biggest, buffest man in Hollywood? The big the big macho man everyone wants. It's Paul Giamatti, yeah. star of Sideways. It's, it's <laughs> very strange and honestly pr- quite funny. You know, there, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Jamie Foxx being back on board for Spider-Man 3 and people it's talking about multiverse one. and maybe not, maybe so. Um, uh-huh. Bringing back Paul G for a rhino turn is, I mean, <laughs> that's that's a bigger news. That's That's a bigger deal. Than, uh, yeah. than Jamie as Electro, I would say. That's a great pick, Zach. I love it. Um, I oh, almost you. forgot mine. That was so good. But mine is Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield sure, diff- from Atlanta. Go, go in a different yeah. direction. Lakeith yeah, Stanfield yeah. from Atlanta. I also, what else have I seen him in? Um, sorry to bother you. And I think oh, he yeah. has the comedic chops. Get out. Yeah. To sell. Oh, is he in Get Out? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the first that. one Too who spooky. gets kidnapped. He gets kidnapped in the opening scene. Whoa, whoa, spoilers. I want to say. Oh, you have, that, you have that's not one seen of those, Get Out? No, I, I don't see spooky movies. Like, I I have a list, a perpetually running list of spooky movies that I know I should see and that, in theory, mm-hmm. I want to see and I don't want spoiled. Uh, and Get Out is very high on that list. Uh, possibly number one. Um, it's not. 
that spooky of a movie. It's a little spooky, but it's not it's not that spooky. Okay, is it I, spookier yeah. than my my criteria is I'm mm-hmm. watching Hannibal now, uh the NBC yeah. series. Is it spookier than Hannibal? No. No, I I mean it's not gross like Hannibal, right? Hannibal's very gross and like makes you cringe at least in a body way. I mean, get out makes you cringe in, you know, other ways. Yeah. But. So all right, I'm going to watch it yeah. and if I hey, if I can't I'm sleep, spooked. I'm you can, I'm going to call you with a live stream with set up. All <laughs> yeah. right. And you're going to have to keep Yeah, if me you up. can't if you can't sleep, you can sleep right at the foot of our bed. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah, Lakeith is my choice here for yeah. uh for Stillman. I think he's got the the comedy chops, but oh, also yeah. the the seriousness to pull this off. And I think Stillman should be somewhat comedic. So, I think that would be um pretty fun pretty fun to see yeah good good pick a good pick okay good question um, thank you we, I, I got one from the email from uh, from dan yeah. old man hawkeye in x-men 217 we learned that juggler is a dazzler fan what other villain is also way into dazzler sound like hero? you said juggler is a dazzler fan <sighs> yeah what juggalos are dazzler fans that you know of? <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't know that i could name a juggalo by name i think you're a bigger expert on this than i am uh, I so I will know, let you take that joke. Uh, I'm Googling it. Violent J, Shaggy Two Dope. I almost said Ricky J, the magician, was the first name to pop in my head. I'm not sure how many of these names <laughs> we should be speaking aloud. Um, all right. So let's, uh, uh, what good, was the question? They're good guys. No, I would love it if our fan base had a, a larger um, Juggalo component to it. I want like our fan base to be like 30% Juggalo. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Like, like, I know Insane Clown Posse is a band i guess mm-hmm. a performing group yeah. oh, and yeah. oh, their fans I mean, it's, are called it's juggalos? a lot more it's a lot more than that it's a lot but... more than that yes it's, yeah. so it's not oh, just yeah. like a fan group of the band i mean it is and it isn't dave it's a whole style lifestyle of i mean it's a malt liquor it's a you know it's a <laughs> fest, it's a festival that you have in the what? mud it's friendship it's love it's drugs it's it's you know it's life baby Okay, I I feel like yeah. only thirty percent of that was facetious. Um, no, it was all serious. Okay, it's good stuff. You you I led like... with it's a malt liquor, and then ended with it's love, which I feel like <laughs> probably is yeah. Is it's accurate. not it's not believing in magnets. It's you know it's whatever. It's cool. <laughs> this sounds intriguing. I gotta say, this is yeah. not the perception I had of this. Uh, okay, so we know Juggernaut is a Dazzler fan. What was the actual question? Uh, who else likes Dazzler in in Marvel? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, this, almost everyone. Sorry, Dave. Every, everyone yeah, under the age say, of twenty-four. Dan, like, I don't know. She's like popular, like pop music in the eighties. I feel like a she's, lot of people. So she's not like as big as Madonna, X-Men. right? I mean, yeah, she's right. like Kate Bush level successful sure, on a, on a yeah. critical level, at the least. I would think um, she's got a lot of fans. I, I think definitely. Like, and there's I. So I think you go two routes. Two routes if you're a, a Marvel music fan. One, you go a little more punk and you get into Lila Cheney. Or two, you just love great pop. And uh, anyone you can think of today who would be like a huge Robin fan, uh, they're a mm-hmm. huge Dazzler fan, right? For sure. So, I mean, like, I, yeah, she's ever, popular, like every young Avenger. Pop music. Every young Avenger is a Dazzler right, fan. Right, most of, the, most of the, the young X-Men, too, right? Like, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's harder to be like, who doesn't like Dazzler's music? That's well, like let's try to answer that version. then. Like, is Wolverine too grouchy to admit he likes no, Dazzler Wol- music? I don't think he is. Wolverine's probably just like he just listens to like CCR and like yeah, that's it. He I just can't listens to like 
and he fusses about like new music being you know not not well if he's fussing about new music though for him like that's not ccr that's like you know uh, like a civil war marching band (laughs) (laughs) camp town races come out tonight dude uh (laughs) like that's that's all he wants to listen to (laughs) captain america they play up captain america being old and and having like super old-fashioned taste i feel like it doesn't happen as often with wolverine and that would be pretty appealing if it did um with uh with Dazzler though, I, I can't imagine Cyclops listens to anything. Like does Cyclops listen to music? God, I had a coworker like that who I like I can't remember. I I, I asked them like, Oh, what do you listen to on your commute? Because they had like a half hour commute every day and they're like, Nothing and I'm like, You know, listen to the radio, like podcasts, nothing and they're like, Nothing. I just drive in silence every day <laughs> and I could not wrap my head around that. Did you like, report them absolute, immediately? Uh, no, I, w- I would drive yeah, to my nearest precinct citi- and say, <laughs> I've got a story for you. Um, yeah, my, my wife, for a minute, she, she would do that sometimes, like exercising. And I'd be like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's the problem? And she'd be like, I'm just like, you know, I, like, I have thoughts. I'm just like exploring sure, yeah, my I thoughts. Get, I get that. Oh, I, that like blew my mind. Although I will say, yeah. if I go for a run and I don't put headphones in, I have all my good ideas. <laughs> every mm-hmm. every good idea I've ever had has come from that experience. Yeah. So I get it, but it also seems insane. I have music on. Yeah, I mean, all the th- time. there are sometimes I drive with nothing going, but it's rarer than the the opposite. It's not the the norm. It is anyway. not the norm. It is definitely not the norm. Um, I I mean, the thing is, uh, ask next better question next time, Dan. Ask who's like a like a Death Grips fan. That's who I want to. Death <laughs> Grips. That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, remember what? when is... Death Grips was huge and that was like going to be a big thing? I really dug that first album, and then like their next album was like it was just like a picture of a, like a dick. <laughs> yep, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> increasingly, increasingly inaccessible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who who loves swans in in the MCU? Right. Um. Who is the but, most? Uh, who is the most late 2010s um or late 2000s well, uh, indie uh, Marvel character? That's a good question. Actually. It is. It is vaguely. I know this is this is a, this is a boring complaint because you can't make these huge these huge comics can't be that niche. But I do kind of feel like the fact that the specificity of all these weird subcultures, cultural subcultures, being missing from Marvel comics is somewhat of a letdown. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Right. The fact that like you don't see that people in Marvel comics are into role-playing RPG podcasts and death grips and you know whatever like weird weirdo niche stuff that like everyone you meet on the internet like has their own little weird niche things that's always something I think like you know would help flesh out the Marvel Universe in a way that is more than Brian Michael Bendis writing or whoever uh Brian K. Vaughn writing Dazzler to just be like you know in the ultimate universe right with like tons of references I mean I, I think uh I, in, in one th- one argument pretty, against you know, it is gets. you you cement it in a time period in a way that it mm, maybe didn't sure. need to be. Um, but then you look back at 60s Silver Age Amazing Spider-Man written by Stan Lee, and the, the specificity of 60s pop culture references is everywhere, right? Like yeah. it's a hu- like the the joke he makes more than any other that always stands out to me is somebody's like, "Hey, it's Spider-Man," and he jumps in and he's like, "Oh, what'd you think it was going to be?" Outdated reference here. You know, like yeah. he makes that joke. Constantly. The thing is, th- those those never bother me. The, the the cultural references that bother me are when they feel really lazy and tacked on, like Mark Miller does, where it's just like, "Hey, Shannon Elizabeth is here." Actually, that one's a little funny. That but, totally like, so, that totally tells like, you the era, though. 
It does, but, like, it doesn't feel... I, I guess that one's okay, because it kind of makes a vague amount of sense, but uh, so I, I don't mind. you slammed Miller, immediately complimented him, immediately rescinded no, I, it, <laughs> and then complimented him. I guess I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to find my point here. I don't mind them not being timeless. I don't mind them being, like, stuck in a time. I just uh, guess I roll my eyes when it feels like a very, like, topical, like, oh, everybody will know this, like... I'm just mentioning One Direction right now. I mean, because literally everybody knows yeah. One Direction, and that's the the it, cultural signifier of the day. I think what you're asking you know, them to pull off is of... very difficult at this point. You know, yes. like if there totally. was totally. truly, if there was a 2009, um, I just I can't even think like what the Bo- context Bobby Drake would be. being way into Homestuck, <laughs> the the you know yeah the fan favorite uh, web comic right? yeah that kind of thing exactly right like. That kind of yeah, that that's the kind of thing I feel like would help these characters feel a little more real for people. But also, I yeah, I get why they don't. But do I it, don't right? want They're... Mark Wade writing the champions saying, "Hey, did you guys hear the latest BTS bop? <laughs> it's got a yes, good beat, exactly. easy to dance Ooh, to. God, I don't need I, I any of that." Bop when people call things bops. I, did, I, I was making like don't a like it. a funny. I was making a funny. No. I didn't know that. Yeah, was you know, you know, you're cool. You're cool. Term. But if you're like, no, I know I'm cool. You Thank say, you for like, confirming. Something's a bop. Mm, lame. I'm a third. I'm very young and hip for a, a thirty plus man. I would say. I think everyone yeah, agree. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just. Uh, I was just listening to Steely Dan the other day, and boy, does that slap. That boy, that record slaps. <laughs> 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 I would like to slap you every time you bring up Steely Dan, so I, I feel like that works. Um, I have been listening. You're the biggest Steely Dan fan I know. That's for sure. You know what I got it's into this week? I've just gotten into them this year. So. Yeah, I got <laughs> I got really into Tom Petty's '90s output this week. All right, oh, interesting. Tom Petty. They had a re-release of Wildflowers and all the rest. And uh, I'm getting deep on '90s TP right now. And boy, does it feel does it feel good? Feels real good. All right. I literally don't know anything by Tom Petty except maybe hits that I don't know are actually him. So. Oh, that's a weird one because because you know five Tom Petty songs. I'm sure, right? You know but them. like I've never chosen to listen to one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah exactly. All right. Uh, okay. So let's go to another question today. We got a really good one from Charlotte, but I'm going to pull something else first because we get a lot of really good ones from Charlotte. Okay. This one's hard. I don't know if we actually want to talk about this today, but it's a question from Tim. And it says, match Marvel Comics characters to U.S. presidents. And I kind of just want to read his because his are really good. Um, John Quincy <clears> Adams <throat> equals Scott Lang. And then in parentheses, he says, tiny and overshadowed by his predecessor. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> okay. good. That's um, fair, fair. Uh, William Henry Harrison. Zach, what, uh, what president would you guess John Quincy Adams was? What president would I guess? What John number? Quin- what number president was he? Oh, uh, like five? Um, six, I think. The next president he lists is William Henry Harrison equals Thunderbird, mm-hmm. and he says self-explanatory. I'm going to guess that means William Henry Harrison died almost like immediately. Died. He, he's the one? No, he did. He uh, He's the one who died of a cold like 40 days into office. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, and he says, excited to hear who you match up with Stiltman. Okay, I guess we can answer this one. Who is the, pre- who is the Stiltman of presidents? I don't know. It's really hard, mean? right? Are you a big president's guy? Like, do you know? No, no. Obviously not. You couldn't answer the John Quincy simple question that I just asked. No, I mean, pre-like pre 60s, it's kind of all a blur, you know? Like, I mean, you know, FDR stands out to me, but, uh, you know, besides that, I don't well, know. Well, he didn't, he didn't get history. to stand out very often. That was a big thing with him, right? He was, oh, he was always. Boo! Oh, Dave. 
<laughs> Sorry, that was the awful. Worst joke yet. It was. That was awful. Um, <laughs> okay, so Stilt Man, yeah, I, I think, would be. Hmm, this is really hard. Because it's got to be somebody. I mean, it Trump. He's tall and he sucks. Like I don't know. That's that, fair that's for you. Answer. Sure, that's fair for you. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Um, is he actually tall? Yeah, but, oh, is he actually he's tall? Like, oh, he's taller than I am. He's like six three. It's weird. Taller than you are. Oh, you must yeah. be smitten. <laughs> I know how you get God, with somebody I hate, taller I hate than his you. politics, but I gotta vote for him because he's t- he's. <laughs> I agree with nothing he stands for, but boy, yeah. does he stand for it. Two inches taller yep. than me. All right. So that's that's as far as we're going to go with that question. Uh, one, one inch. So just to make Oh, <laughs> we do have, Tim does say here, you can discuss whether or not Jean Grey is the best match for Harry Truman. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, because Jean in the Dark Phoenix saga wiped oh, out Harry Truman the entire died race. twice and come back twice. Well, he oh, does sorry, do. What? He does come back a lot, but didn't isn't he the atomic bomb president on uh, on Hiroshima? But, isn't that our guy Harry S. Truman? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but Jean Grey. Oh, Jean Grey oh, genocided oh, the um yeah. the broccoli people in the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So pretty good pick. All right, pretty good pick. <laughs> I mean, uh, that makes t- Tim had clever answers that he thought of. I, I can't think of anything. Well done, Tim. Well done, Tim. Bad job, yeah, us. Good job, Tim. I would say. Uh, all right. Sure, yeah. Johannes asks, what's the best length for crossovers? We've had some fairly short ones. We've had Secret Wars 2 with around 30 issues and Inferno and Acts of Vengeance coming up with even more issues. Is it short and sweet for you or rather the big events with a gazillion tie-ins and spin-offs that could potentially give the event more depth and new perspective? It does depend a, by I story. I, I have an exact answer. You go first. Oh, two issues. Two? Yep. That is not a substantial length. For crossover. Yep. One issue. You like one issue and one set, series. Set up, next set up, issue set up the mystery. Second issue. Tell me the answers. <laughs> give, give me an example. Uh, issue one and two of Three Jokers. I didn't need to read the third one. Okay. So the only <laughs> problem with that work was too many, too many issues. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, no. There was a third and unnecessary issue. Uh, my answer Three here Jokers is actually like one. 18 to 22, right. I would say. 18, 18 to 22, you know, which is approximately I the length of to... DC Metal. And it is pretty much perfect as far as i have i have yet to read a crossover that is good i guess um in in the marvel you know in the marvel canon so far that we've read i don't know have we read a good crossover i don't think so i mean have we read a good crossover uh well mutant massacre is fine enough but you obviously didn't like it but but you know what like mutant massacre my big problem was like that could have been three or four issues and fine I think it would have been better for three or four issues instead of like lingering in the sewers for nine. Well, and what, and to be clear, what we're talking about is not the amount of event issues. We're talking about Mm -hmm. event plus tie in, you know? So, like, the core of the thing is almost always six to seven in modern days, but then you throw in all the tie ins, and that's when you get up into that 20 ish range, which, I mean, is fairly long for a story. You know, we're pretty accustomed to in this era of it being three to six. Um, yeah, I guess we haven't actually read. I mean, the, that's the thing, though, is like the the crossover a real really start with Secret Wars two, which is the worst thing we've read, and then yeah. it goes to Mutant Massacre, which you know, give or take. Um, now yeah. we're going to jump to Fall of the Mutants, which is a different kind of crossover, which we are reading this week and talking about next week, you and I. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we will see if they. I mean, but again, like it really stays a fairly X Men specific thing until we start talking Inferno, Acts of Vengeance. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet's probably going to be the first one where oh, we might ha- yeah. where you might have a positive yeah. opinion. 
I guess I would say. Yes, because I, I, I actually just bought the Omnibus for that because I like it so much, and that's rare for me. You know, one thing we didn't, I, guess... I didn't mention to Anasenti is she has one of the, not one of, I would say the best Infinity Gauntlet tie-in, Spider-Man number 17. And it's just this, like, I think it's, like, the only issue of Spider-Man she wrote, and it's so good. It's so cool. And mm-hmm. uh, and people should definitely check it out. So we'll get there. And crossovers, yeah, we'll, we'll, crossovers can be very good. I have a lot I like, you know. But in this era, yeah, I, I think it takes all a the ones I hear about being cool are in the two thousands, you know. So like, I'm 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 excited to get to them. But well, I, just, I haven't read. Anything. I mean, I would say nineties. There's some ninety stuff I do like. I mean, I like Infinity Gauntlet. I actually think Infinity yeah, Wars too. is yeah. a little underrated. Um, or Infinity War, excuse me. There are there is a version of each. Uh, Age of Apocalypse obviously is beloved to me. Um, mm-hmm. give or take Clone Saga and Onslaught, certainly. But then, uh, but then, yeah, I think then we do jump to Avengers Disassembled, and that kicks off, you know, one one crossover event a year, and then we start getting uh, some good stuff in there. Annihilation is fantastic. That whole Marvel Cosmic scene is good. Uh, 2015 well, I mean, Secret Wars is my favorite does, event of all time. Marvel does three crossover events a year now, right? Like, isn't that well, the norm? At least, at least now, yeah. So you know, it's yeah. now it's really blown up. But okay. Yeah. that's uh yeah that's my it there is i do kind of understand the like the theoretical appeal of the thing that is like you know 40 to 50 issues that is just like massive you know mm-hmm. and it like oh but it would let you explore the characters and, and the details and really dig in and it just it never works um sure it just yeah. really doesn't uh i'm i don't even some of like the omnibuses i mean age of apocalypse is probably the I mean, closest thing for me but that was just totally like this is the world now this is the it's an alternate reality story it's not just like an event you can't have uh stuff like that diluted so much across so many different authors right because when it all it's comes hard, down yeah. to it you still have like here's the six core issues and everything else is just it, like i i have yet to read a crossover where every anything but the core feels consequential right like maybe there's an issue here or there like i read um absolute carnage is that what it's called yeah the, uh-huh. yeah yeah i read absolute carnage and like there's a few good crossover issues there the immortal hulk issue is fun it's not necessary right that's fun but it's but fun like because everything else... immortal hulk is good <laughs> you know right exactly and so you're kind of just like reading the absolute carnage issues being like this is good i like this and then everything else feels like what's the word not um like chaff i guess you know it's just like it, it, yeah Wheat. i don't know I, I, you just it I guess it depends on the the spin-off comics. Um yeah, we'll 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 talk about this a ton more as we actually get into it and I can start, you know, having first-hand experience with these. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a major problem yet, although certainly we're going to get to some bigger ones that we'll have to figure out what to yeah. do. Okay. Um just looking at some of these other questions. Some are a little too real. A little too too real. Um <laughs> Okay, this is a weird one. Which modern comics artist and writer would you like to see take on Inedible Hulk and the Fantastic Vore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I got the answer already. I feel like you do. Um, yeah, it's uh, Rob Gilroy. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. For, from from Chew. Yep. From Chew and now... Oh, he's not part of Chew, the second series, CHU, sadly. Um, but yeah, that, that artist is great. Farmhand, Farmhand right? is that's the other one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's that's yeah. the pick. He's got the that is the pick. He's got the the good sensibility for that, and he can do like that mixture of funny and gross, and yeah, that stuff's that stuff's good. Have you been reading the the second chew? I have them all downloaded for this mm-hmm. weekend. I have not read a single page though. 
it's it's good. I like it. Like the writing's still sharp. It just uh, like you just really miss Rob Gilroy, and and the new person doing it is like playing in his style. And yeah. It's, pretty good it's just you know it like it just feels like it's lacking a bit like no shade against who i can't remember even no shade against the man whose name i don't remember <laughs> but the writer um, or the artist no no the, the artist oh okay. it's just you know, know like that's just such a critical it would just be like preacher's back but it's you know steve dillon's not here anymore so i don't somebody else i'm definitely against running things back mm-hmm. if they had their time i think we've seen too yeah. much with tv especially, sure. you know, Arrested yeah. Development. It's yeah, like, yeah. let things have the deaths that they... Let them have the runs that they had. Yeah. Rather. Let's uh, be yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, the writing's still sharp, and the writing is, like, introducing fun new stuff. But John um, Lehman, like, he has other stories to tell. I know. I mean, Outer know? Darkness told them. is, like, so cool. And Outer that was canceled just, maybe a little early. Door. Yeah, I mean, it got, like, 16 issues, something like that, which is such a bummer. It really should have mm-hmm. gone for more, because Outer Darkness was so creative and really really popped yeah i mean um, I'm, I'm not like begrudging him returning to that world you know and it's a different angle like i'm curious to check it out i just i don't know i'm kind of like I, maybe it's just that thing of like i had we have chew it's good do we need more yeah no i, I totally agree right yeah um but also that's one of my favorite series of all time so like i'm definitely gonna check out the sequel if it's you know if it's any good especially that it's still be written still being written by the same same author yeah yeah no it is interesting all right so we have i think the, the final question that i have here do you have any more i don't know okay uh so this is the second question from charlotte and the question is if you were in charge of rebooting the ultimate universe for the 2020s what are some new ideas you would like to see integrated now charlotte has a lot of really good ideas uh a lot of good ones that basically i'm like oh well i can't think of anything better than these <laughs> yeah unfortunately they are too good <laughs> um, yep. i i think in terms of of shattering our own ability to come up with them on the fly uh so here let's read charlotte's first yeah wakanda is a nation of former slaves think the kingdom of new orleans from east of west but with the advanced tech of the endless nation maybe even existing somewhere on the real life united states territory i this one would be this one would get a lot of attention sure, and would definitely be very interesting. It would have to be taken on by the right creators. Oh you know? yeah, of course. Yeah, like of course, just... da- Daniel Kibblesmith or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I no, like Daniel... Daniel Kibblesmith, but, uh, yeah, probably did, a did white hear... male, not the choice. Yeah, sure. I mean, pro- probably not. I mean, it, yes, bad idea. Did you, did you see new warriors volume six or whatever? Just didn't come out this week. They just kind of like, I, I wondered if that book was ever going to come out. It and was supposed I, to come out this I, it week. It officially is just, not, yeah. With no word to it. They didn't say a thing about it. There's no actual official thing. It's just not out. <laughs> you know what, though? Right call. Right call. Like, it was that announcement of, I don't even know what you'd call it, that revamp of New Warriors was, was absolutely um, critically, like, just savaged. Like, from, yeah. from every possible direction. <laughs> Nobody liked it. Nobody oh, thought it I mean, was a good idea. I was looking right? on Twitter to find out where where it was, like if it had come out, um, because like I, I was vaguely curious about it, you know, like kind of t- in a train wreck kind of way. I wanted to check it out, kind of, uh, and uh, in looking for. Oh, Twitter, I, w- I would have read that first issue, oh, no question. Sh- I mean, how sure. could you not? Yeah, I mean that that got like national press. It was so like the announcement got so savaged, but that like it was getting picked well, up it, on the news because it, it's indistinguishable from the like 
it, the the nastiest attack, right? Like <laughs> that that sounds like what you know, like a right wing version of the Onion would try to do as a joke version of making fun of like SJW Marvel, right? So like, uh, yeah, I feel like right. that that's the mistake is when it, when it seems like vicious mockery. Uh, I think you've made a mistake, but anyway, I was looking for it and looking for it on Twitter. Like literally every day, it was still being used by ammo as ammo by like comics gate jerks um as the you know like the reason why marvel is <laughs> is failing whatever this book that is not coming out right yeah. it, and got announced six months ago yeah this is the reason marvel's sinking new warriors by so i mean it, it's best for marvel just to pretend it never happened we have someone you know in our think... slack who's very excited for this book though uh, which i think <laughs> is, is really really funny i mean we it, have the it's one funny. person yeah we do he, he's he's in the twitch chat right now we do he's I, I mean, he's, he's... Well, I'm sorry for your loss, my man. I, I think he, he <laughs> is hilarious. genuinely looking... I am try I try to, like, empathize with this, because he's genuinely looking for better... And just any trans representation in Marvel is important to him. Okay, fair. Yep. Right? And, like... And I think he knows it's going to be bad, but it's still, like... It's something, right? It's still Marvel, representation. Marvel stinks so bad about this. They have one official trans character... I think, and it's kind of like it had to be confirmed on Twitter by the writer that the character is actually trans. What cod? Yeah, cod, not cod boy, koi boy, cod boy, koi boy. <laughs> cod boy. I mean, honestly, cod boy would have been koi boy is a better rhyme. But yeah, uh, yeah and the unbeatable squirrel girl. No, it's yeah. that's that's a fair point. And it in that regard, but it's, it's absurd that a yeah. book that they would have had confidence to go live with the book, and then that a reaction could. I don't know, like the way that a a nerd reaction now, a very mm-hmm. loud nerd reaction can actually sway the publication or release of a thing. Obviously, like Sonic was a very famous example of this yeah. with the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I have to think with this book, it looked, everyone thought it looked, n- not everyone, apparently, right? Maybe there, there the, was some the value. Ma- the majority Let's, of right and left, right? Like, even because even on, on, like, left-leaning readers are saying, like, hey, this is indistinguishable from mean mockery, right? Like, this seems like you're yeah. making fun of it, and right when people were like, "Oh, cool! This is you know my my nightmare come to life." <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Look what Marvel is now. No, Isaac. Let's take let's take the one good let's take the one kernel of the one good thing, and let's move it to another book. Yeah. You know, let's sure. let's create a good trans representation in Al Ewing's Sword, for example. Um, there's some in Immortal Hulk. I will say, uh, I don't. You know, it's a yeah, very minor, uh, yeah, very minor. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, but. To, um, Tinian has snuck it into Detective Comics. There's a pretty good trans character in Detective Comics. I mean, there's also like there's good um, trans writers right now. What's the, God? What's that um, that Black Mask comic? It's uh, it's two girls' names. They have the same name, not Sarah and Sarah. Uh, Kim and Kim. Kim and Kim. Kim and Kim is really is a really cool book. Yeah, written by a trans trans author, and like pretty cool. Give her a job writing something. Max Max Visaggio wrote a um, Dazzler one shot. That uh, didn't do a ton for me, but yeah, I mean, sure. Like, def- like Kim and Kim is, is a really cool book. Recommend people check it out. But yes. Anywho, that's yeah. that's our new warrior. Where, 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 I forget. Oh, you mentioned Dan Kibblesmith. We were talking about the creators for uh, this Wakanda idea that Charlotte has in the yeah, Ultimate yeah, Comics. Yeah. I think the best pick for this line would be N.K. Jemison, current writer of um, yeah. Green Lantern Far Sector. A, the way she, uh, she just won a, a what a, a MacArthur Genius Grant or one of those types of things, right? Obviously, her novels are incredible and, and highly regarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking over Black Panther for the ultimate or Wakanda, essentially a world of Wakanda style thing for the Ultimate Universe. That'd be a huge grab. That'd be a huge get. I would dig it. How did she? 
like how it, she is so impressive to me um this is like a whole other conversation but it's so impressive how she slotted into comic books so easily right because like you bring people over from writing novels and it's not the same skill set really at all there's a lot of crossover but it's not one-to-one and like the way that she transitioned from writing novels into far sector her first comic book is incredible because that book rules like this book is great like i'm still loving it issue by issue yeah I, um, the only the only downside to like bringing in her is there is the tendency and kind of a trend here in like marvel dc big two stuff where like the ways that black creators get high profile gigs is sideways is if they've won a macarthur genius grant uh-huh. <laughs> it's like well, well, that be- you shouldn't that shouldn't be a prereq Right. For these opportunities, you know N- what I mean? Nandi Okiofor writing uh, Sherry comics, Tana Hisi Coates, Roxanne Gay, um, N.K. Jemison. Like, these are some of the big-name black writers, and those are be- they're not comic book writers initially, right? They have to pull them in, and that- that's because Marvel does not cultivate non-white voices nearly as well as they do white people, right? Like, you don't... They don't have as many, like, opening positions for people to come up through the ranks and, like... Just, like, comics lifers kind of things, you know, right, where exactly. it's just like, oh, that's just what they do. Um, which uh, And, like, there's no dearth of talent, like, if you take the time to yeah, look. And Marvel right. does take the time to look. Like, they have incredible talent scouts. They're the biggest in the world. So, I, I think, on one hand, I fully understand and appreciate and like the efforts to bring in, for example, the Ta-Nehisi Coates. Like, yeah. getting an author and a writer of that caliber to bring attention to Black Panther is a huge deal. So I'm not saying don't do that, but it definitely those, I don't want that to be the only source of, and it of is. black creators. And I mean, at, it, it's not, these not literally, it's the only source, but it's, it's very close to like all the big name, you know, like, cause they're like, all right, Black Panther, we want to give, you know, it's a big series. We want to give it a big name writer. Who do we have? Well, no one big enough who is like, you know, like busted their, not busted their chops. What's their, the word? Um, like, earn their place at Marvel, you know, through like working there for years and, you know, writing fill-in yeah. stories and the way that most Marvel authors come up through the ranks, you know, they just don't like that pathway does not seem to be there um, for uh, non-white writers, especially writers. I think there's a little bit more, you know, people of color in, um, in artists, at least it seems to me. Um, that does seem to be generally true. Yeah. Um, but yes. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. So. Speaking of uh, racial and just general representation, Isaiah Bradley is the Captain America who has recovered from the ice and becomes the cap of that universe in present day. Now, Isaiah Bradley is, is possibly yeah. a character that, that many of you will not know, especially if you're just reading along with us in My Marvelous Year Journey. Um, I don't really want to spoil it because probably we'll have, have to, I'm saying that like it's a punishment, but like we should. It's It feels increasingly essential to read this. Uh, it's an addition to the Captain America mythos from like the early 2000s. And it is the idea that there is like a black Captain America. Okay. The original concept for any the more character details. came from an offhand comet made by Bill Jameis. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Our Marvel guy. Um, yeah, I think this is a great idea. I, I, I love this idea. I think too it's like <laughs> it's, it is interesting. Charlotte's line would infuriate all the right types of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like, it would drive them absolutely up a wall, but it's perfect. Like, what should the ultimate Marvel Universe represent in 2020? It should represent where the world is and what is at the center of, of like, I don't know, moral and, and emotional and just, like, human conflict right now. Mm-hmm. And definitely in America, as we talk about a Marvel Universe exploring the America outside your window, like, it's race. 
you know? So how do you tackle that the right way? And I think, like, this Wakanda idea and taking Isaiah Bradley as Captain America are both two fantastic steps in that direction. I think, too, you know, the one thing Marvel doesn't have, talking about, if we're talking about, like, okay, not curating, uh, cultivating black talent, you know, in the comics industry and not just having to reach outside and grab famous authors is Mm -hmm. they don't have a milestone media. And frankly, neither did DC for the last decade, but Milestone is owned by DC. And Milestone is famously like launched in the 90s by all black creators. It's got like a very uh, racially diverse uh, universe and Dwayne McDuffie at the heart of it, Dennis Cowan at the heart of it, all these like very important uh, African-American creators. Okay. And what this 2020 Ultimate Universe relaunch could do, the way we're talking about it here, is um, like create that. Cultivate that space. Create that space for representation. If you're a little too scared to do it in Earth 616, which historically they have been, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, let's face it, not going to turn around and do it tomorrow. Sam Wilson might be Captain America, but it's only for 18 issues, you know, 25 issues, and it's going to turn around back to Steve Rogers, right? It's just the way they balance. Do it this way. Launch an Ultimate Universe. Have it be a big deal. Push, you know, get a lot of press behind it. I think this would do really well. I think this would get a lot of attention. Um, you know, and again, like it would infuriate the right kinds of people. It would excite the right, you know, the right kinds of people as well. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they can't they can't keep writing comics for the the. I mean, not not that they do right. Like they they definitely have moved away from it a little bit. But like, teens don't love comic books as much as you know, like the thirty and up crowd, right? And they just kind of keep writing for that. And if they want to try to like get new, I mean, the thing is, like, teens love the MCU. You know, like young people love the mcu but like getting into comics now like they it's a lot uh i think i think they they're not speaking quite so much to like the potential fan base and um like the fan base who would like that is younger and more diverse and more interested in diversity than maybe the uh the older target demographic and here's and here's the other thing we do is all of these releases nothing is single issues it's all like if not graphic novels, then, like, sturdier books, essentially. Mm-hmm. Tap into the YA market. Use this for that as well. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, the Ultimate Universe, it should be a re-envisioning of the Marvel Universe and a re-envisioning of how people actually read comics. The markets that are booming are the markets for YA and kids, you know? And Marvel doesn't have a way to tap that to the point that they outsourced their kids' comics to IDW. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. straight up like, we don't know how to do this, okay? Yeah. Um, so create, again, cultivate a space where you do it and have it be the ultimate universe. And again, like if this, the, the ultimate universe should only exist for my thing was like a decade. Now I'm thinking like four years, you know, Mm -hmm. you do four years of this ultimate universe. And then when you end it, it's not the cries of like, oh, this failed because they tried diversity. It's just like, yeah, we had a four year plan. Sure. We executed that and we'll reboot it again to reflect where society's at, you know, in two years or whatever. There we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's a good plan. Yeah, and uh, Charlotte's next thing here, I'm actually not looking at it, I just remember, is, like, less American, right? And, like, that's, I, you know, I don't mind, like, the American stuff in this book, like, Spider-Man's American, but, like, there's just such a big world of uh, cultures and stuff that it's boring to just do, like, yeah, they're the American military and CIA again, right? Like, as, uh, as that, um, oh, what's his name? The Superman Smashes the Clan author. Um Wrote the, the, yeah, wrote that Chinese Superman thing. Fascinating. Great comic. Super cool. Yeah. Right, like, so, you know, a more international Avengers, maybe, like, put Spider-Man in a different country, whatever. Like, just get weird with it. Stop trying to play the hits. <laughs> I think if you're gonna um, do that, 
Because this yeah. is a thing that Marvel does try every so often. And they're gonna they're about to try it again with the Union, okay, which is a UK series. Um, it rarely works. Yeah, you know, sure. it rarely works well, in the Marvel universe. It, yeah. They currently have this going on with I think Greg Pak is writing some some books that are focused on like a new lineup of Asian heroes, and I am very behind the ideas, but you don't see these books taking off. And there are a lot of examples in their past. I think. I don't know what the exact answer is. I, I guess I would say, like, if you're going to do an Ultimate Universe version of and make it more global, which I think is cool, um, I don't maybe do things with the comic that reflect the way comic book stories are told in those countries. Like, for France, yeah. do it in the French style, you know, the way their comics have been presented typically, which is a different <laughs> size. Sell them in, in, the sell them in different style. sizes. With um, it's It's got a name. I just don't know it. I'm not educated on it. I don't read them very often. Uh, with with uh, you know things that are centered in China, right? Like do a manga, okay? Like I, like straight yeah, I mean, up that, do it. That's that's interesting to me. I think that's too big of an ask to sell. You know, if you're talking, but I I think the way you do it is you actually. I mean, you do it the way that even like Disney has gotten better in the way that they subsume all culture, right? Like if you watch Mulan back from '99 versus Moana, right? Like Moana is so much more integrated. Or Mulan '99 versus Mulan 2020. Sure, I haven't, I haven't seen the new one, but like it, neither have I. Moana is just so like integrated into this like Polynesian culture compared to Milan, which feels just like a. I mean, it's got um, what's that guy's name? Harvey Firestein <laughs> is one of the you know Chinese soldiers. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's so American, right? Chris Rock is running around in there, and it just feels so like. I think it's Eddie like, Murphy. Isn't he the dragon? It is Eddie Murphy. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and it just you know it feels barely Chinese. Right, and that like makes sure. it's not as interesting, right? Like, and then make it more Chinese, like make it. You know, you can still thread that needle that it's accessible to a you know outside audience. Make it like a a window into a culture without totally just like steamrolling it with your own culture and making it basically like it's a you know an American comic with the like trappings of the Chinese aesthetic, right? Something like that. Um, it is, know, I, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I just think it has to be. I think you really have to lean in. To the curiosity of of learning about that culture, yes, because that's what you're trying to sell. You're yep. trying to sell like two readers who really want to explore heroes in that culture, and you're yep. trying to sell specifically, generally, to American readers. Like if yep. if that is the bulk of their audience, I don't really know. I th- like, yeah, I mean, what I th- Marvel's I think reach is like comics wise, but that's yeah, yeah. And that's obviously where we come from. I mean, um, America so I, and South America are like the two biggest markets. Yeah, so I yeah. I do think like that is. Part, like New Superman, the Gene Lu and Lang, Lu and Yang book you were talking about is mm-hmm. great, really, really great. Uh, it did not do fantastic. It went it for did a not while, pull incredible yeah. numbers. It went longer than most get a chance to, yeah. right? Which is which is important and that's good. Um, but again, like I, I just think if you're gonna lean into it, really lean into it heavily. Yeah, I and, mean, you, you and that's where I start getting into format and things like that. Yeah, you can't give up on them also when they don't like take off after six issues. I mean, look at Miss Marvel. Like Miss Marvel was not a enormous hit until it like came out later on trade became the like biggest selling trade paperback that marvel ever had i don't know yeah that's actually but miss marvel is is deeply american (laughs) like it's about american teenagers and high school and going to church it is right no it's it's important it's pakistani uh muslim right as well pakistani american i guess and they are muslim um but it's but it's still a deeply uh, uh, what's the word? Um, familiar American experience of being yeah. a teenager and and all that. Like, but like but it doesn't a... feel like. I I mean I like I wouldn't trust Greg Pak to write that story. 
You know, like, and not, and it's not, I really don't come down on the side of, like, white men shouldn't be telling these stories. Like, I don't think it's a question of, like, should or shouldn't. I think it's just a question of literally just, I mean, there there is something of the representation and the, uh, you know, we were just talking, like, people who are not white men don't give those get those chances, and I think those chances need to be more, like, equally distributed. But, like, I'm not opposed to that idea that people who are not of the cultures can't write about them. I just don't think it's as interesting most of the time, right? I think it's just harder because you don't have that lived experience. You don't have that specificity that comes with, like, deeply understanding something. Um, I Until until the representation across these publishers is, is even resembling something that is close, mm-hmm. you know, to what it should be, sure. then I would I would say I'm opposed to it. I mean, I agree with the general idea of... Yeah, no, I, creative, I mean, this white, is... Like, Don McGregor wrote our favorite Black Panther story. Yeah. I mean, J- Jason so Aaron wrote a very specifically indigenous uh, comic book, Scalped, which I love that book. He's, he's a white guy, you know, and I think that's a, a great book. But it, it Clearly it's it, doable, but the reason we keep seeing it's doable is because they keep getting the at-bats anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. to me, it's like... I, I am opposed to it in the in, like I, I think, again like you yeah, cannot announce are... Nick Spencer as the writer of Black Panther like sure. if you're Marvel you cannot do that and that well, specifically is a very and that, that example, I mean that but... is because of the um the huge dis or uh, disparity in like hiring for so long right like if the hiring had always been more equitable throughout a Marvel history it wouldn't be that big of a deal right they, I guess they're kind of talking on two different issues where like socially I want these jobs to become you know, like the the writers writing black stories to be mo- predominantly black, and the writers writing Asian stories to be predominantly Asian. Like socially, I think those jobs should go to the people who have them. Philosophically, I think on like a big, large scale, I think anyone should be able to tell any story they want. You know, like on kind of a, a the philosophy of art, right? I don't think any story. But the, needs but to the be preface to that is like limits. all things being equal, and they're yeah. not. No, right. In the reality, exactly. They're not. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I. I just. I. I think that's. It's a distinction that's important to me somewhat. Um. Of just no, like, not, not being and, so and I think prescriptive. The, the inverse who, of that is not. Uh. Is not Ta-Nehisi Coates should not be writing Captain America because he should be. Oh yeah, you know of course. I mean? It does not. Again, the inverse is, is not also true. This is part of Marvel did not have a black female writer until 2015. I, like that's baffling to me, right? And they had what, like three black writers, three black men writers, from the eighties until the two thousands. Like very, if very that's few. That's a accurate statistic. That is confounding. I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know about. I mean, the black woman thing is true. Like the no, like, I, I remember that coming up. Yeah, uh, that's true. I, I don't know how many like black writers they had. I mean, Christopher Priest is the big one. I don't know how many others. They had a few, a few artists, but I mean, anyway, Priest, anyway, Dwayne I, McDuffie, Reginald Hudlin, those mm-hmm. are three that I can think of right away. And it's like, man, there's gotta be more, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Charlotte's other ideas here, mm-hmm. just run down quick. Yeah, uh, we please. talked about this in a previous episode, Professor X and Magneto as a couple, as well as having an X-Men team made up of LGBTQIA plus and POC characters right from the beginning. Uh, I mean, same idea, right? Expand the representation, lean into it and, and own it. And again, like, put this in a YA graphic novel, Professor X and Magneto being cute on the cover, this would sell, like, damn hotcakes. This would sell, like, Aunt May's wheat cakes, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, that that's, like, it's simultaneously a good idea, like that, or Reed Richards and Doctor Doom, you know, having, like, a, a soured romantic relationship in college, right? I think it's simultaneously mm. a fun idea, because that kind of gay representation is not around in Marvel Comics, but also, like, a really tired one, where, like, 
the rivalry is just because they're bitter exes, right? So, like, but it's a tired idea. Is it tired, though? Like, I can't, like, we don't get that story ever. Um, maybe, maybe not in superhero comics. I just think that's, like, maybe kind of a boring trope of, uh, you know, like, the, the scorned ex or the spurned ex, whatever. Um, yeah. but, like, that is a tired trope when it comes to straight people, not, you know, not gay people, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, more more normalizing of, you know, just gay relationships overall. Sure, right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, like- okay, cool. So those are those are Charlotte's absolutely incredible ideas. I love them all, and uh, I have drafted a pitch document um, that I co-signed. Hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did say, uh, here are all Charlotte's ideas, and then I signed Ann Dave's uh, signing. I wrote signing very small. Uh, and then I that, so. and I just wrote I wrote for the address um, to oh god I forgot his name so the joke what are you gonna give your address what's the joke here <laughs> um what's the head of the MCU Kevin Feige yeah Kevin Feige you just put like two Kevin Feige and C B Sabalski but you didn't put an address you just put those names dropped it in your I wouldn't mailbox. I wouldn't loop I would not loop C B in on this gold I mean he's C B does not get my gold sorry C B gets my bronze the EIC right now you gotta. Yeah. Um, so do you have any? Do you have any ultimate ideas? I have a. I have a few. I mean, the one I always come back to is is the Eternals being a core central focus. Although I'm not. Sure. Yeah. I'm less sold on that now because it is like, does the ultimate? I, I guess I yeah I do feel like the ultimate universe, knowing where the MCU is going to head, it needs to reflect that because yeah. that is what's going to draw it. Like you said, like. Teens do. The young people do love the MCU. I mean, teens love Obviously Iron Man. It's weird. He's like a forty-five-year-old, like you know, playboy from the the like the seventies, basically. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's yeah. Very, but you know, like, what else love... do teens love? Should we start a new segment? Teens yeah, we, love blank. I, ooh, I've got the inside track. Um, now Zach is a TikTok teen. I don't know if we've talked about this before. Oh, man, TikTok but Zach is... is now officially a TikTok teen, and nothing delights me quite so much. It's pretty fun, man. If you like, once you get it customized to what you want it to be, it's like I watch. There's like a beaver who's going through rehab, and he uh... <laughs> <laughs> like physical f- physical rehab, and it's adorable. He lives in a house, and uh, and he uh-huh. just drags household objects and blocks doorways. <laughs> Like teddy bears and like vases and whatever he can find, clothing he just p- piles them up in the doorways. It's really cute. Uh, so yeah. it's like beavers, woodworking, some comedy skits, and like cool like Chinese skateboard teens. Now, did you like, was it beavers, uh, comma woodworking or beavers space new line woodworking? Ooh, a little bit of both. A <laughs> little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. No, Good. it's fun. And I actually I think I've enlisted like just through posting stuff like five people in the slack have joined tiktok because of it <laughs> it's pretty funny dang get that affiliate yeah. commission going yeah yeah um no so my my ultimate ideas are um because the ultimate universe is spider-man x-men and the fantastic four and the avengers and that's it right that's the right entire now, yeah. ultimate universe and um, like a like a half try at daredevil but not really yeah, not really, right? Like, six issues that feel like they're just straight out of 616, like a side story in 616, Yeah, you know? Um, is ignore them, or have them be, you know, like, put Spider-Man and the X-Men in the position that, like, the Ultimates are in. Where they're around, but they're not, like, they don't have a consistent running series, right? So, like, hmm. focus on some weirder stuff. Make Miss Marvel, a new version of Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel, or... Black Panther. Who do you want to be the Ultimates mm-hmm. of the of this new Ultimate Universe? Oh, you know like, what I mean? I like, know. the center, the heart. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, s- someone new, right? Like, move away from the the traditional five, right? Like, like a new idea or like a new lineup. 
a new lineup, right? And, like, those other characters can be around. But I think just, like, fresh blood and don't just do X-Men, the Spider-Man... The Spider-Man. <laughs> Bring me the Spider-Man. Um, the Spider-Man, X-Men, and Fantastic Four again, right? Like, do uh, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and Luke Cage, Shang-Chi. Or Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I think I, it'd like, be cool if you did those characters. Uh, also, you're describing, like almost the uh the animated spider-man series ultimate spider-man disney xd for a minute yeah um i I think it'd be cool if you started this with like kind of like a post endgame feel where it was like the avengers all vanished saving the day sure you know like like that unit that ultimate unit is gone there's a hole here's who's filling it and open up with the the traditional avengers all dead and you know the next generation needs to come in. No, uh, yeah, no, no, I, get, I guess I, that would be the bold way to do it. Literally, kill off like right at the beginning: Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor. And you could sell that, right? Like if your cover is that you know Iron Man helmet with a hole through it, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like that—that's gonna get some people's attention. Um, I guess the the benefit of doing it that way is if they're like vanished you run the risk of being like, eh, we should probably bring him back, and that's actually not what I'm looking for. No, this isn't I mean, a, and, and they, they have to stick story. with it. They have to stick with it to make sure, like, they're actually gone, and this really is about, like, you know, picking up the mantle. And you can do that in the Ultimate Universe, right? Like, people can stay dead in the Ultimate Universe. We haven't come across it yet, but that's going to happen. And it's, it's one of the things I like stick. the most, yeah. Right, yeah, and it's great. Um, yeah, and, like... I, I'm almost into the... I, I think the other thing... I think you have to change up the idea, you know? So, like, I think... It can't just be roster changes. Yeah. Because the Avengers have roster changes in Earth 616. Like, sure. just throwing Dr. Druid on the team doesn't make it super compelling. Um, so I don't know exactly what shape that takes. But yeah. instead of it just being like, hey, it's Kamala and Miles and, uh, and you know, like you said, Iron Fist and Luke on the on this new Ultimates 2, that's not quite it, I guess, to me. And, like, they definitely should not be run by Nick Fury and the government. That is the post 911 mm-hmm. version yeah, of the yeah, team yeah. that kind of needed to be. It certainly makes sense that it was. It's not that version now. I mean, if, if anything, you do. I mean, I guess I know that Marvel does this to some degree, but like superheroes are just outlaws, period. Right? You know, like yeah. it's some, something like that that is totally status quo different overall, right? The way that like the Ultimate Universe really focuses on um, like mutants and genetic. Um, mutations right that's like such a tight focus is like creating new super super soldiers in the ultimate yeah. universe and that's like a real fixation of that like pick stuff like that where it's just like you know this is this is the f- the specific flavor of superhero that is not just like a smorgasbord like 616 is like 616 is a little of everything right you got your street level here and you got cosmic here you know maybe make it all magic everyone's magic like literally like spider-man is magic and iron man is magic like do something like that Iron Man is magic. I'm into it. All right, I like that <laughs> idea now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. That's my idea. I'm just gonna say. Okay. I'm just gonna, we're gonna mail. We're gonna Kevin add a Feige little note here to this document. Make it magic. Iron Man is magic. Make it magic. Zach. Make it trans. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, these are great questions. I, I dug yeah. them. Thanks to everybody who awesome. submitted some. Um, Zach, do you have anything else, uh, question-wise? No, we've been going for a while, so I think we should should wrap wrap things up. Okay. I, I mean, I kind of am afraid of what happens when we hang up and uh, <laughs> the real world I'm, comes I'm, I'm in a quiet room all of a sudden. Yeah. But thanks, everybody, for joining the live edition. Thanks to those of you who are supporting us on Patreon.com slash MyMarvelousYear. And, uh, and, hey, if you liked this uh, Weird and Wild variant cover, uh, please consider rating and reviewing. 
on iTunes. Yes, please. and uh, and Kevin will be awaiting your response uh, here shortly. Yeah, please, everyone, go into Apple Podcasts, leave a review for Kevin Feige, and in your you know in your comment, five star <laughs> reviews only, but in your reviews, you know, point out yeah. our the podcast so he yeah he sees us. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a great plan. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next year. See you next year.